for the equaliser, and it's a beautifully sculpted score for is won by Armand Carline O'Hanlon, the right person in the right seat. Only for point number 10, Hello everybody and welcome back to the Sideline Eye podcast. You're very welcome to our review show and we're looking back at the semi-finals of the Intermediate Championship. As always, this show is brought to you in association with McKeever Teamwear, proud suppliers of all Armagh GA merchandise. I'm delighted to be joined by Barry Flynn, and we're going to start with the first of the two games that took place on Saturday evening in the Athletic Grounds. It's Tully Sarn and St Paul's, and St Paul's just about got through this one by two points in the end, 116 to 114. Um, Barry, I suppose to start from a Tully Sarn perspective, They'll be they'll be ripping with themselves. Probably they they were seven points up twice in that first half, and let some Pauls back into it, and were only a point up at half time. So I'm sure they're coming away with huge regrets from this one. I'd say they'll be devastated after not just this year a semi final, but their perennial semi finalists now at this stage. You know, and they just haven't been able to get over the line. And you do wonder a wee bit without being in the camp or knowing what's going on with the scarred from previous experiences or. Anything like that, but had a brilliant start. Uh, the one four up on the board, they were cruising. Some Pauls looked uh, in a bit of disarray, like and Tully Sarn had complete control of the game, and they just allowed them back into it, and then found themselves chasing the game. Then, and after being in control, and they just weren't able to claw it back. Um, but they'll be gutted, like because the you know the again the, the attacking from both teams good enough scoring one sixteen to one fourteen, but. Uh, their defence at times just left left them a bit too much to do, and uh, they'll be gutted. There's no point saying any different. And suppose they obviously got back into the game, and I suppose you want to talk about Andrew Mernon's influence. He played a lot of that first half in full forward, and like when you have a player like that in full forward, you're going to give the ball into him. But not just scoring, he, he led off. I think Dean Fitzsimmons maybe got two real good off the shoulder points from him, and um, scored a couple himself, and just was a real. A real handful in there, and that's that's what he's there for. Yeah, when you have a player like that inside, you know that position is thinking if the ball goes long, we need to double up or play a sweeper fairly close to the full forward, if if not two sometimes. But and that gives space to other players to play in as well. You know, if you've got a focal point that'll win the ball and lay it off to runners, all the better. You know, sometimes you get a full forward in there who, you know, once the ball goes in, no one else is getting a touch, but. Um, just that the threat that he gives St Paul's allows them to play a kicking game in, bring other players into the game. And even at times if teams are sitting right back and getting extra bodies beside him, it gives space in for half forwards or midfielders to come on up the pitch uh, and get room for shots from a bit further out. So he's just a real handful at any level, you know, let alone intermediate club level. And um he was definitely to the fore in St Paul's getting their way back into the game. Uh, and then even the goal, you know, he, the big ball comes in, all the defenders that were there rush over to where Andre is, and um, it was a toe man, uh, came in the back and stuck the ball away in the net rightly, but 
it was just the, the presence of Andrew there on the square that, that threw the defence away from from what they should have been doing, looking after their own man. And uh, it's a difficult one, like I, you know, to say you should have done this or should have done that, because you know if the both defenders don't go across, Andrew is likely to pluck the ball out of this guy and stick it in the net himself. So um, he's just very very big threat to deal with at this level. And you know, some Pauls would be glad to have, to have had him. We talked in earlier rounds about. You know, if he fires, some Pauls will go close to beating most teams in the intermediate championship. But um, he's probably just getting into a bit of rhythm, you know, over the course of the championship without, you know, shooting the light side in the earlier rounds. And it was that's what you want from your main men when you need them to stand up to do. And uh, Andrew was was uh, a big a big part of some Pauls clawing their way back and getting a front back. I suppose when you're talking about Pauls probably haven't been overly impressive in their two games. Today at before Saturday against Clonmore, they come through by a point and beat Wolf Tones then after extra time. Probably haven't been playing to the standard that we would have imagined there would have been. They're probably um, playing below themselves. But as you say, a lot of them stepped up on Saturday evening. Andrew and Owen McConville as well, I think, deserves a mention. Like he kicked definitely two massive points in the second half. And I think he ended with five. So like he hasn't had the best of championships, but he really stepped up when it was needed. Yeah, and that's what you want, just to be building through the championship. You know, every round St Paul's have probably had a slightly more difficult test. And that's what you want, just to be building and building on that. You don't want to put on your best performance in the first round or the quarter final and then get, get chinned, you know, before you get to the final or in the final. And um, Owen McConnell, I think he only came on the first game and um, didn't do a whole pile against the Tones. Um, but some of the points he kicked, and he has that in his locker, he, he, you know, if you give him room, and the land they get a, get a few points on the board and the confidence goes up. You know he he'll score from most places. Like if you give him enough space, so um, he needs to be watched alongside Andrew. But you get guys like that coming into a bit of scoring form, heading in towards the final. It always gives you a good chance. You know um, the second half in particular, he, he did stand up. There was a couple of real real class scores he hit from on the one I remember right there right. Uh, and he wasn't on his own, suppose, that had a right few scores that, that stepped up. Um, but Owen as well, it's just that building, playing a bit better every round, a bit better every round. And, uh, they'll be in a good enough place. You know, you know, they didn't smash anybody in this semi final. You know, they, claw, they had to claw their way back from a position where they maybe shouldn't have been able to. Um, but that'll steal them. They'll be thinking, look, even if things go wrong here in, in the final in two weeks' time. You know, we have it in our locker to, to get our way back. And with them guys up front that, you know, Andrew definitely can make goals and uh, Owen definitely clip points if you leave him room anywhere inside 40 yards. So they'll always, if them boys are hanging about and, and keeping the confidence up, you know, they're never dead and buried. They can always claw their way back. So they'll have a lot of confidence coming out of this game. Um, especially like Owen having that started the first game. You know, and got through the quarter final, and then starting to shoot the legs out in this game, it bodes well for some Pauls. It, it shows good form from them, I suppose. And we we had Peter Nugent on the show last week, and we were sort of saying for some Pauls, they they don't have well, they do have top quality forwards, but going by their games to date, they didn't have that player that was scoring. You know, eight points a game. They can mm. score from anywhere. And I think they had fifteen scores in the two games previous, and. I think with Daniel McDonald getting on the score sheet on Saturday, that brings it to 16 scores throughout. So they showed that again, didn't they? That they can really score from anywhere. Yeah. And, you know, that the goal sort of amplified that, that, you know, you're so worried about Andrew Mernon that Sean Toman, you know, sneaks in behind and gets the goal. 
that's it. If you don't have them, and there's not loads, there's not loads of them about at any level now. You know that that'll score eight points a game. Um, it's it's becoming a rarity now at this stage. But you know, all teams seem to have that one defender that'll try and snuff someone out. But um, you need a spread of the scores to win a championship in particular. You know, every round maybe the facing another tougher team. Somebody gets their matchups right. You need somebody stepping up that you didn't expect to be contributing too much to the scoreboard to hit two or three points. Um, especially if you can get them from play, somebody that you weren't, you know, coming up from the back or or wherever they're coming from. You know, you were going if you're going into play St. Paul's, you'd be going right, Owen McConville, Andrew Murray, and tie these two up, will not be far away. And then someone else steps up and across the board if they're contributing to, you know, eight or ten points on top of whatever the two boys will give you. They'll not be far away, you know, in any game. So it's about, you know, the best teams generally will find scores from from wherever, and teams need to be adaptable and think, right, well, if he's double marked, somebody's free somewhere, and can they sneak up and get you a score? Um, Tully Sarn, the, you know, they'll be thinking the same time, they had a massive chance in this to close this game out. Have you missed too many chances? Early on, I thought in the first half, you know, they got the one four up. And I was thinking another score or two, this could be complete nail in the coffin, and they weren't just weren't able to close it out. Um, but then that's down to some balls being able to just dig their way back into the game, and uh, you have to give them credit for doing that. You know, it would be epitomized teams that Shane would put out, Shane McConnell would put out that they don't give up, you know, they'll never say a day and they keep plugging away to the end. and and they got their awards across this championship anyway so far um, and the one game to go to um, that would be a finish a great season for them And so just on Tully Sarn and missing scores Barry said I suppose in the second half St Paul's they got ahead and they sort of never looked back I don't think they ever Tully Sarn ever got back on level terms but Tully Sarn did hit a purple patch maybe a 10 minute purple patch midway through the half and got a couple of scores but just they couldn't get that leveling score or maybe that goal that was really going to bring them into the back into the game. You always felt that St Paul's had them, you know, sort of at arm's length. Yeah, and it's, it's difficult just when you, you know, you just never know then what if, you know, when you're left thinking, what if we were able to get back level and what would St Paul's have done? And, uh, and at the same time, the team went in the game, like St Paul's going, right, they've had their wee patch there. They couldn't close in the gap. You know, that gives you great confidence then. Go, right, we go up and get another couple of scores here. But, it's just very, it'll be very frustrating for Tully Sarn to come close again, you know, um, closer, like, lost last year's semi-final by four points, back down to two points this year, and you're, you know, they're bound to have been thinking this is the time for us to get, to get to the intermediate final again, um, you know, and they'll be gutted, but it can be very frustrating, you know, you miss one chance, miss another one, and th- that doubt creeps in, you know, it does, you know, there's no point saying any different, it, Creeps in and think, is this just not our day? And um, sometimes you need somebody just to be, you know, ballsy enough to say, give me the ball, I'm going to kick it over the bar here, and away we go. And the, the, it just didn't materialise for them, um, and they'll be absolutely gutted. Uh, I know Malachi McGahan's in their, in their backroom team, and uh, even Jason, who'll be staying in Kerry now. Last year, they were sick whenever we beat them at crack with the boys after the game, and this year, they're they'd probably be even worse you know that was the, a game where you know they were they were there they're 7-0 up you know and I suppose they're always going to come, come back a wee bit but you would be thinking along the line especially you know you'd be thinking we could 7 up we could close this 
like last year's semi final they had a goal in the first minute um against against Carcrop and, and we were able to get get going and get ourselves back into the game. So maybe that I just you wouldn't know without you wouldn't be saying this is what happened, but I'd be thinking looking at it from the outside that is there that doubt then, you know, creep, creeps in again when we had a good start before and weren't able to see it out and um that'd be that'd be absolutely got it like. It's probably it's it's going to be a tough winter for them trying to to get going again and yeah. to get motivated again because I think that's their third championship semi final that they've been in, in in three years. So yeah. it's the only thing for it's get up on the horse and go again. You know they can't sit about feel sorry for themselves. You need to look at it coldly and say right, what what was what was good, what wasn't good, what can we fix, and get after it again. You know, um, feeling sorry for themselves and not put them in an intermediate final next year. So. It's going to be a dangerous team, you know, that they have they have good forwards. And, you know, everybody's been raving about Malin and, and Gavin Conlon in particular. Um, you know, when you have that firepower, you're always in with a chance. So um, they just need to reflect on where did it go wrong for them and are trying to earn out the mistakes. Um, but unfortunately, they'll be watching two other teams in the intermediate final this year again. And just before we move on to that second game, Barry, you mentioned Shane McConville that he seems to drag this out of his teams, that they they never say day attitude. I think it's his fourth final this, in the last 10 years or whatever it is, maybe the last eight years, um, going back to obviously winning the Intermediate with St Paul's and then his two finals with Mahari winning one and losing one. So it's it's a good record for him to have heading into this one. It is, yeah. Now, the thing behind that is you always, you need the players, you need to have good players um, and there's no doubt St Paul's and Mahari have them, but uh, he obviously has that bit of quality that he gets the best out of them as well. So uh, there's a whole lot of factors going into winning the championship. And you, you, you couldn't put it solely down to the manager or anything like that, but he has pedigree. And, you know, being, being in finals and uh, managing teams in finals, it's, it can be nerve-wracking. And, you know, that bit of experience definitely helps and players can feed off that. Uh, just um, for myself, I remember... Uh, managing our uh, senior ladies team and the first time I'd managed the team in the final and you know I was probably more nervous than the players were um, and it gets it gets easier you know um, because you, you've been down the track you know in the build up you know what worked or what didn't work and um, just for your own personal preparation in terms of what you want to say and get get all the all the things that you you need sorted out of the way and, and organised early on so that you can focus on just playing the match um, and he'll have all that experience you know um, in his locker and um, whatever he's doing with St Paul's you know I don't think if teams sat down started here and said well St Paul's be in the intermediate final they wouldn't be miles away but there wouldn't be a whole load of people who would have said yeah they'll definitely be in the final so uh, whatever they're at has been working for them and um, St Paul's not only too glad that he's back in there with them and they obviously play Shane O'Neill's now bar in the in the final and we'll talk about that game now this was I was really looking forward to this game I really thought this was going to be a real ding dong battle with Cullerville and it probably was for maybe a half 45 minutes but um, Shane O'Neill's they were pro they were the better team on the night and they deservingly won the game the scoreline was maybe a bit wider than the actual um, two teams played out but they were the better team and they deserved to go through. Yeah, and they had a good start in the game. Um, got a couple of points on the board. Colville then came back and went in front. Um, 
and Colerville had that big press on that Shane's couldn't get out. Um, any any ball that was clipped short from the keeper to to anyone in the defence, Colerville were all over them like a rash and really put huge pressure on them. And you know, I think two out of the first three Colerville points came from tucked the ball off of, off a defender um, and had a massive squeeze on them. Got a penalty. Even on the camera, you're sort of going, was he in or out? Uh, if you were Shane, he'd be saying he's definitely outside the box at that first contact. But, you know, Garvey stood up, smashed it in the corner, and Colville looked like they weren't going to look back. And, you know, they were they were three up, and then, you know, they had that goal cushion, one six to six at that stage. And uh, Shane's not with balling, and Paul O'Rourke fires his left foot at it and, and throws it in the corner. It was a brilliant finish, and Shane's are back in the game. And I just thought, I think even from there, I don't know if Colville recovered. You know, they just she has got going in in the second half and, and took over really. Um, and that, I think I thought the goal at that time I thought it was a real sucker punch for Colville because they weren't in complete control, but they were on top, um, and that just seemed to knock the wind out of them. And I know Paul got plenty of scores, and he wouldn't be. Um, he wouldn't be shy about telling you that. Paul would be a very confident footballer. Uh, and to be fair to him, he backs it up with his performances. And he's a brilliant forward. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he definitely meant the first one. He was going for the second goal, albeit it was, you know, a, he laughed. <laughs> I'm criticising him, but it'd be like, he didn't hit it that well. You know, the <laughs> keeper really should have had it. Uh, but he was going for it, and he, he's brave enough to take them things on. Um, you know, and... I thought overall he probably was the difference in the teams. You know, I thought he was the man of the match. Um, he was able to finish in Colville's forward line, which is a very strong unit, just didn't get far. Uh, you know, the hats are only come on with seven or eight minutes to go. And Rory Garvey was missing from the full back line, which didn't help them. And now Ronan didn't come out for the second half. Um, I didn't see, you know, from watching it, what had happened to him there. Must have picked up an injury, so uh, that was a big blow for Colville. But I have to say, Shane's in the second half were ruthless. You know, they got their chances. They took now they were still a bit wasteful, but when them goal chances presented themselves, they took them like it was. We're putting the ball in the net here, you know, and we're moving on. Uh, O'Brien cut in from the end, they inflicted across instead of seeing so many times across, particularly in the Armand Down Championships, people coming in along the end and they're just fist pass the ball over the bar. And, and that's great, but the deadly forwards are, are sniffing goals there. And O'Brien uh, sought out Conlon at the back post, and Shane's never looked back from there, really. And O'Brien, like, he, I think he's only 17, not even sure if he's 18 or not yet. Like, to have that vision and I suppose the presence of mind to not, you know, swing about at it and try to hit it from an awkward angle or, as you say, fist it over the bar. He had the vision, he looked across, he's seen Conlon out, outside of his eye and put a, a beautiful ball across and it was an easy enough top in then but the pass made it it, it was brilliant from O'Brien it was yeah and I'm sure even if he was trying to chip it over you're not going to say that now but he <laughs> was good like and to be fair for a young lad he's a big physical lad like he's not he's not you know 17 year old going to play a corner forward that's a wee weapon like he, he's a big lad and he hits freeze for them you know you know to be able to have that confidence set the ball down strike it over the bar you can kick him off the ground as well um, he, he's a good threat for them I, I thought overall in the open play he wasn't as big a threat across the whole game as some of the other forwards but 
when that chance presented itself, he, he worked the ball across well. Uh, Conlon had a real good game like in the play for them, I thought as well. Um, they just they just were, you know, when that goal chance went in, that was a, they just did not look back. And he sort of hit a few scores then after that, a couple of points to keep the scoreboard ticking over. And Cullerville just didn't get didn't get the, the chance. They tried a few long balls in. It didn't work. Um and they never looked like getting back into the game then at that stage. So uh, Shane's will be absolutely delighted with their performance. You know, everybody's saying probably for both teams, have they really been tested yet? Um, and they answered the, they answered the questions that Colville asked them. So in the first half, so Colville tried to play their usual long ball game, and it didn't. It it you know the, their scores came off. They lost the ball and they took it back off. Shane's you know they weren't weren't like they were winning the ball inside and making scores for themselves too much. Um, so I don't know where. Palser was injured or what I knew last year he was definitely good at coming to win them sort of long kicks in um, and I thought they missed him inside and um, McCreese played a bit further out around midfield and half forward line um, Quinn, uh, Quinn just dark and just didn't get as much chances as he as he might normally have got um, so she's obviously done well defensively to snuff them, them threats out and then once they had, at the end Garvey had moved in and he got done for the second yellow card and um, and that was it for for Cullerville. Like I think their injuries definitely hampered them. Yeah, but in saying that, Shane O'Neill's put in a, an accomplished performance and, and done everything that was asked of them. Um, you know, bar that sort of spell from you know in the middle of the first half. Well, probably for most of that first half from the middle on, and um, Cullerville got on top. But after that, it was all uh, Shane O'Neill's from. From from my view, anyway. And I suppose you're talking about them. Colville scores in the first half by and their turnovers. I counted that they got four turnovers, four scores off turnovers, and every one of them was from Colin Waters. So while he only, I think he only scored a point in the game, he had a huge impact in, in getting Colville back into the game because Shane O'Neill's had had such a good start. That guys like Colin be very vocal in there, and, and you know he plays on he plays on the front foot. You know whether he's on the ball or off the ball, and um, he gets stuck in. He fire into tackles um, and try and slow defenders up. Uh, I did notice some of the occasions when they were getting that big press on that Niall Rowland was up there and orchestrating a wee bit, and maybe they lost that then when he went out at half time. But um, Colin Waters is, you know, he's a feisty character in there, both on as they had, both on and off the ball. You know, when he's not shy and putting himself about. And it's that experience of, you know, if you're going to target play, pressing on a defence, you sort of nearly want to pick out who you want to be on the ball. And once they're about to put their head down to solo the ball or the ball's going down to be bounced, that's when you pounce on them, you know. And um, Colin would have plenty of experience to do that. And that's where they were getting their joy. But to play like that for 60 minutes, it, it probably requires a lot of energy. And then once Shane's got in front, they were able to set a few more men back once Cullerville had a push up there, and that opened it up for Shane to get a few more kick passes going into their forward line. So, um, you know, that sort of this way the game was going, whoever could be in front of that 40 minute mark or so would have suited them, you know, to sit sit off and then hit on the break. And it was Shane's that got got there first, and, and they, they kept the paddle around the whole way to the end. You know, I know they'll still be coming away thinking we left chances behind us for scores. Um, I thought the shooting was probably a bit better than it was the week before that. You know, there's a few real erratic shots in the quarterfinal, but 
they can't have too many complaints, you know, that this was going to be, this was the big semi-final. Everybody was sort of watching to see would Shane's get Cullerville in the draw and, and they answered all the questions asked them. Uh, danger for them is now that, you know, they've won the league, uh, they've beat St. Peter's and Cullerville now, you know, and people are going, right, what price are they going to be here? Looking ahead, you know, out of our man, what happens next and all that kind of thing. But St. Paul's would be saying here, you have to play us first and I'm sure they'll do their homework whether Gray goes back into Mark Mernon whether they leave Mernon in there or bring him out towards midfield where Kieran Mack and then uh, has has been like, playing really well for Sheehan so you know, that's questions for the managers now and it's well for them getting to make them decisions over the next two weeks everybody else will be looking in and thinking wish I was there in their shoes doing that um, getting the planning done and all that but I know they're on the ball sorting out where they're training and all that kind of thing in the next couple of weeks and to get themselves organised so uh, they're definitely both teams will be focusing down now on, on that would be a massive challenge like whoever wins this will have to be on their on their money like in two weeks time so uh, it'll be a good game I just still think I'd say it from the outside I thought Shane said had enough in the tank to, to win this championship um, and you know, it's proved that to be the case so far. So I'm not going to change my mind now at this stage and, and second guess. So I'm um, not saying it's all in their hands, but all things being equal, if they're favourites, if they perform, they'll win the game. So, um, but I'm holding, not be happy with that. I'm sure I'll get, I, I get a, few, a bit of abuse as I normally do, especially from uh, wee bangs will be giving me, giving me grief, <laughs> but that's all right, I'm fit for it. Uh, that's what I was going to ask you before we finish Barry Irish Shane O'Neill's the, they're still the favourites they've been a lot of people's favourites probably everybody's favourites from the outset and they've shown now you know they've saw off the two big challenges in St Peter's and Cullerville they're going in favourites having you know both teams have lost recent finals 2019 and 2020 um, St Paul's were there in 2020 and Shane's lost in 2019 so both have experienced finals in recent years but I suppose given their league success their run so far in the championship, surely they still are the favourites from, I would assume, everybody that's not a St Paul's man. Yeah, they will be in the bookies and um, just I just think overall, just the quality in the team, you know, both forward lines have their, are there no merits, you know, you could make a case for either one of them being fairly strong, but uh, Shane's, you know, if Paul O'Rourke fires, then, you know, you're looking after him so then, you know, they've got them all their threats coming from uh, from O'Brien, you know, you know, from Mack and a clip a couple of points probably from midfield. Connor played a bit further back in the game there at the weekend and I think it probably suits them to have him there in the half back line sort of area. Greg will go and man mark somebody probably, you know, even if they free up Greg and he, he's a threat coming from half back. So I just think Shane's well, St. Paul's have had that sort of range of scorers. I think Shane's have enough firepower to win the game. Just whether they hold out defensively that, you know, Cullerville showed there is opportunities to exploit their, them at the back, you know, if they're going short with kickouts or whatever. And it's about how do you set them traps? How do you draw teams into doing something they don't normally do that you want to, to exploit? So there'll be a lot of, um, probably I think in the first wee bit of the game could be a bit of shadow boxing yeah. to see what, what teams are going to do but I think overall I would stick 
that they think Shane's are, are their favourites on merit. You know, um, the only guys on if you look back to last year's championship, Dark Rock had that run similar to St. Paul's, which just beat somebody a bit better in every round. Colville had come in beating all the big favourites, and uh, and Colville were favourites, and we were able to catch catch them out. Similar sort of t- trajectories for the two teams, but um, I just think on balance, I think Shane's would have enough firepower, but it, it could be fairly close. You're going to have to deal with the threat of Mernon if he plays close to goal. Are your better defenders going back in there with him, and that leaves room further out the field for like so on the combo. Um, so I'd be looking forward to watching it. You know, you know, you'd want to be down at it. We can see all the tactical battles unfolding. And you don't get the same off the TV, you know. You don't see where's who's picking up who and the balls down the other things like that. So, uh, both things would be buzzing now. Just two weeks, you know, they'll be bouncing in the training. Anybody with wee niggles would have kept them out of a league game. They'll be absolutely flying now. Uh, physios could be busy too, you know. And uh, they'd notice Conlon went off shortly after the goal went in. He bit over over zealous in the celebration, <laughs> but you can understand that sort of. Probably in, your, in that pressure, we're going, we need to win this. And we're, you know, he is a big player for Shane. So put that goal away, it's, you know, a bit of relief, a release, you know, and he, um, I'm sure he'll be fine. Like it didn't look to be anything too badly wrong with him. But, uh, you know, all them, all them wee things would be great for the teams earning out the wee details who's marked who and going to recovery rooms and all this kind of crack over this next two weeks. Anything for them wee percentages and uh it's a great time to be involved in a team going to going to a county final. Like, so I'm sure they'll both enjoy it, but you'll enjoy it even more if you win the game. Like, um, and that's the, that's the most important thing. People can get wrapped up in and all the other wee things that go along with it. And well, it's great, you know, it's go and perform on the day. And um, that can take somebody coming up with a play that you don't expect, you know, or cornerback popping up for a goal or something that, that you don't expect happening. So, um. All them things considered, though, and the experience that both teams have had in finals, you know, Shane's really, that Grange game was right there for them. And it was like the two late free kicks where clans had, clans were far, far too strong for St. Paul's there two years ago. But, you know, they're, they're a long, long time ago, you know, 12 months ago even is a long time ago um, in, in, in terms of football. So it'll be all on the day and um, let's go for a great final, like. Both teams go at it. Yeah, well, it's definitely one we're we're going to look forward to in that game. I think it's before the senior final, um, so that'll be a double header. So we know who's in it. We'll find out who's in the senior this weekend. The the um two semi-finals are coming up this weekend along with the junior final. So we'll be back on Thursday. We'll be previewing all the M games and looking forward to another big weekend of action in the Armagh Championships. Barry, great to hear your thoughts, and thanks very much for coming on and joining us. No bother. Carlino Hanlon, the right person in the right team. This is Kira Donnelly for point number 10. Outstanding.